welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. And it's clear to me most of the banks up until now have seen uh, climate change as a social, ethical, moral issue, if you like, rather than a financial issue. Uh, and so they're just slowly moving, realising actually this is a mainstream financial issue. Today, ANZ's Paul Orton chats with Dr. Paul Fisher about responsible lending, risk management, and climate related financial disclosure. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Paul, thank you very much for joining us um, here, here today on Blue Notes. Um, through the work that you've done with the Financial Stability Board's task force, what are some of the key considerations you think businesses should be thinking about with respect to climate-related financial disclosures? Well, the task force made a number of detailed recommendations um, in areas that you should be reporting on. Your governance, your strategy, your risk management and your metrics. And it's the metrics which is proving to be the most difficult thing to work out, the actual quantitative aspects of the disclosures. Uh, and then, the, again, trying to shoehorn all of those into mainstream financial reportings was one of the big messages, that it's no good having this as a separate document somewhere outside of right. the main financial areas. So coming, I mean, talking about the metrics and the targets, how much guidance is the task force or uh, um, other bodies looking to provide companies in terms of how to set those targets? At, at the moment, it's not very specific. Uh, the, the nature of the task force recommendations are that you should report what you are doing rather than here's a list of things that you must do. Uh, but of course everybody wants to be best practice. And I think one of the other messages is it's almost impossible to do this purely on your own. You need groups of companies getting together. Uh, when I go back to London in early November there's going to be a two-day two day workshop on scenario analysis right. for example because yep. nobody quite knows how to do it on their own. And so working together, I think, is actually a key aspect of trying to work out exactly what it is each company is going to have to do. Well, here at ANZ, we've actually just started that process ourselves, looking at part of our uh, institutional lending book in one particular sector and working through what that scenario analysis may mean, learning from perhaps one of the more challenging sectors, and from that then thinking about how we apply it to, to um, other sectors. So we'll be very keen to, to actually get a bit more guidance yeah. on how it may be applied. And so I, I did a round of discussions with chief executives of UK-based banks earlier in the year, uh, actually including an Australian-based bank. And it's clear to me most of the banks up until now have seen uh, climate change as a social, ethical, moral issue, if yeah. you like, rather than a financial issue. Uh, and so they're just slowly moving, realising actually this is a mainstream financial issue. And that requires quite a lot of detailed work. For example, you really need to go through all your assets and, and tag them in some way to find out what the exposures are, are they green assets or not. And that work hasn't really been done yet in most institutions. So there's a lot of very basic work to do, particularly for the banks, who I think, generally speaking, are slightly behind, say, the insurers and the asset managers in, in looking at the risks. My sense is, having spoken with a number of um, institutional investors with respect to climate change, they're almost ahead of some of the banks. Yep and certainly most of the corporates. Is that what you're seeing in Europe as well, that the, yes. that the uh, investors are helping drive this thinking? Yeah, well the insurers have been in the forefront because they have the long-term liabilities as well as the assets and they need to work it out. And they, 
they write catastrophe risk insurance and so on. So they've got to be um, ahead of the game. People like Lloyds of London are amongst the, the best in the field. And then the more general asset managers, they've got um, portfolios of equities and long-dated long bonds. Again, the risks are very material for them. So again, they've had to move quicker. In Australia, the superannuation funds, when I came last year, were very interested. I had sat across from people who had lost money on investments in Peabody Coal, for example. So losses have already been made by mm -hmm. asset managers. Um, uh, and so they're right on, on the case. For the banks, the risks are more nuanced and they're more balanced. Um, for example, you may do lots of property lending, but it's likely all to be insured out to the insurance sector. So a lot of the physical risk is passed outside the banking sector. Right. I think for the banks in particular, there's a lot of business opportunities. So it's yeah. not just downside risks, it's upside opportunities. Uh, and banks have been financing changes in the economy for hundreds of years, thousands right. of years, yes. and not, but they don't all get it right. The ones that get it right are successful, the ones who don't get it right tend to get, go, either go out of business or get bought up or, or whatever. And so spotting the right people to be lending into is a crucial part of the work for banks. Um, whereas for the other sectors, I think it's more about the downside risks as well. As well. Are you seeing banks taking up the opportunity to actually help lead the greening of the economy or helping that transition to the lower carbon economy? A bit. They get involved in all the initiatives that are going. We have the Banking Environment Initiative in London uh, working on things like deforestation and, and soft commodities and trying to make sure the supply chains are well, well documented. Uh, and there's a group that's been working on fintech solutions um, in that space as well, which has a number of possible uses. So they're involved, but I would say it's not been transformative mm -hmm. yet for the, for the banking sector. And we need to make sure that banks have got this under a business head, not under their CSR head, Indeed. Yes. in order to really make progress. So they do lots of good work. It's good stuff. You shouldn't, shouldn't um, decry it. Um, but it needs to be moved wholesale into the mainstream business to make, maximise those opportunities for business. There would be some that would say that um, it's hard for institutions to take that leadership until governments get their policy settings right. What would your response be to that? I think it would certainly help if there was more vision and leadership um, from the politicians. And they tend to get dragged back by the existing vested interests. And the nature of the transformation is that there are some existing industries, some existing businesses, which will fade out over time. There's a question of how quickly that happens mm. and whether or not you can make them more sustainable. Um, but we're looking at horizon which is longer than the usual politicians' horizon, say 25, 30, 50 years even, is the policies we need to look at. And that's how long institutions like ANZ will be around and have got yeah. to look at in terms of maximising their returns and their reputation. But actually I think the key to making progress in this area now is not necessarily with the politicians. It would help, but I think the firms can do an awful lot on their own. A lot of the best progress has been made by asset managers simply saying, you know what, we've spotted the risk, we're going to move out of those areas where the risks are. That will shift uh, market prices, it will shift the cost of capital, and that will go a long way towards producing the right sort of effects. And around the world you see more action being taken by cities, by states, by companies, than perhaps by governments. Right. Governments are very fond of talking a good shot, in most cases, not in every case, uh, but it, they find it harder to actually deliver on, on the ground. Uh, and I think the private sector has got to step into the space in, in their own interests. Indeed. Uh, yeah, well, pleasingly, ANZ was one of the first um, 
banks to sign up to the task force recommendations and we're obviously investing time and effort into yeah. working through how we um, implement the recommendations. What would your expectation is in terms of the leading corporates and institutions? How long will it take before those recommendations are well embedded and it's sort of part of institutions practice? I think it's going to take, I'd be surprised if anybody could really get there within say a year from today, but end of next year with the earliest. It's, it, people have got a lot of strategy to work out, a lot of basic research work to do on their portfolios and their businesses before they could really get there. A lot of firms I think, even those that are actually involved in the task force itself, signed up for it without really having detailed plans within the firms as to how they were going to implement it. Mm. And it's now like, we signed up for that. Oh yes, now we've got to work out what we're going to do. Um, but, but that's good. That means um, we will actually uh, make a lot of progress. I mean, first of all, we have to learn how to measure everything. Uh, having, because most, most of the firms don't know what their risks and their exposures are. We don't have the classification systems. We don't have the labels. And part of the work I'm doing in Europe is going to produce or set up organisations to produce the taxonomies, the labels that you need to, okay. to help with that. So some of that basics needs to be done. Because one of the, um, well, part of the task force which, um, report was to highlight the importance of getting climate related disclosure as part mm. of mainstream filings. Yeah. Um, that, I assume that in time will then meet certain standards so we have some consistency reporting. And, yeah. I, and, and again, that will take quite some time to get in place. The origin of the task force was Mark Carney in particular saying, look, we've got 400 different disclosure initiatives around the world, but they're all different. And right. it would help to get some principles, some standards. Um, and I'm not sure we're that close to getting some consistency <laughs> yet. Um, and I suspect there will have to be more follow-up work before we get there. I don't think the task force recommendations on their own will generate that consistency. Um, I think that you will have to have industry groups deciding this is what we as the Australian banking industry are going to do across the, the piece or the global banking industry or whatever to try to get some of those details built in so everybody's doing the same. Because the whole point was to enable investors to be able to look across firms and decide where the risks are and okay. price assets uh, appropriately. So would that additional work be done un under the auspices of the task force or do you expect it to um, morph into different groups and industries? I, I don't think it can be the task force. They've given themselves an extra year to keep, right. they're going to keep meeting up to, I think it's September next year. Um, but you can't, even in that time, uh, begin to crack the details of every sector of the economy, which is what they're covering. I think it's going to have to be industry-specific groups that take the general recommendations and principles of the task force and turn that in, into reality. Again, when I've been talking to the banks, the, the, the basic message back from a number of them was we know what we're doing, we think we're doing the right thing, we don't know what everybody else is doing. What's, yeah. what's the st best practice standard? Yeah. And so we're looking at a piece of work possibly out of Cambridge University with the, the banking group that, that we work with to say, let's write a piece and, and, and bring it together, bring the banks together to jointly produce something which says, this is what we think uh, are best standards. And then, then how do you think it'll work in terms of, if you think about different sectors, with standards and, uh, and uh, operations on a global basis and then you've got country regulators because I assume regulators are going to be very interested in this work as well. I, th I think they are and I think if the industry is doing it on its own 
the regulations will stand back. Right. Uh, they've got enough on their plates. They don't really like having to produce the codes and standards. So if a good um, self-setting uh, set of standards are, are drawn up, I think they'll, they'll happily leave it. I should say the banks we're working with, A, they're global, not British. Yep. And it's an open forum. So if other banks want to come in and work on that particular topic, it's not restricted to the people who are members of the, of the club. And I think you've got to have that openness and willingness to work with everybody. There's no good six banks saying we're doing this and a different group of six banks in another part of the world saying you're doing this. Yeah, and again, Things have um, got to come together. I understand ANZ is working as part of a group of 11 banks yeah. on this as well. So yeah. it's really good to see we're involved in those there's global discussions. Yeah. So all, all of these different groups at some point have got to converge on right. something something similar. And I, most of the groups I'm sitting on are very well aware that what you don't want to do is keep reinventing the wheel. So if somebody else has already done the work, you don't do it yourself. Yeah. You, you yeah. take what somebody else has done. Otherwise, you just get these continually not quite overlapping standards and nobody knows quite where they yeah. are. Perhaps a final question. You've, you're, I think you were um, here in Australia 12 months ago. Yeah. You're back now. Have you noticed any change in how uh, Australian corporates and um, financial institutions are thinking about this issue? Uh, well, this is day one, um, uh, but we detected quite a big change from afar over the last year. I mean, yeah. a seminal moment was when APRA came out in February of this yep. year to say we see this as a, a financial um, disclosure. I'm, I hope you catch up with APRA on this on this trip. Uh, and I think we were it was meetings. It wasn't me particularly, but meetings we were having last year, which helped trigger that APRA response. So uh, I think there has been movement, um, but the movement is very much um, within the regulators and the firms themselves. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin.